Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. You know, if you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. And today's episode is going to be even slightly different um, because I am flying solo today. My glorious co-host, Nikki Hoffman, is unfortunately under the weather. We had a great episode lined up, and I'm going to try attempt to do it on my own. She, you know, she carries a, a decent amount of the weight. She likes to bring the more energy than I do. But at least today, you're going to get a chance to hear some perspectives of Q and A's, questions and answers with the hosts. And we've had some submissions of different questions about real estate over the last few weeks, and we wanted to tackle those for you knowing that this is somewhat of a real estate podcast along with our local community and how can we merge those two together but what better way of doing that than listening to our audience so we want to use this time to bring out what those questions are but before i get into those questions and and talk about real estate i just want to share what's happening around the community you know it's it's neat i love fall fall is my favorite time of year it's it's a birthday month for me as well and uh, got a chance to celebrate a little bit last week with some people and getting out and about around town is fun i love watching football i love um, just the cooler breeze and cooler weather and i hope you guys get a chance to enjoy that season as well but just the the conversation about um covid is just non-stop so i just wanted to touch on that real quick and you know so nikki is not just for what it's worth not sidelined with covid there's just other stuff going on you know it's it's a just unfortunate typical flu slash cold season that i just keep hearing people get another weather so if you're listening um you know and you have that just know that you're not alone you know the story that i wanted to share about fall was over last weekend and i'll just give a little brag because my son uh as you know um my younger one um he runs cross country and we had his coach, Mark Stickley, on, got a chance to talk about that. He was just super sick last week and had to run on Saturday outside, outdoors, in a fall, slightly misty, kind of cooler, rainy morning, and just ran unbelievable being completely sick. So I understand what being sick is like. Hanley ended up tying with James Wood. It was an incredible race. I, again, the point system for cross country still boggles me a little bit, but they ended up tying for first place as a team. It's a point system. And it ended up coming down to the sixth place runner and who would have the best sixth place runner of either team that tied. Unfortunately, it came down to Hanley did not win because the sixth place runner didn't um, beat the James Wood sixth place runner. And you know, unfortunately, that was my son, and so we had to have this commisery of, oh, that was just such uh, uh, bad luck where we got sick at the same week of the race, but thankfully, we get a chance to redeem um, ourselves. Uh, I say ourselves, not me, you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm running. I'm not running. He's running his brains out and can just, you know, run circles around me if I went to try to go run but so it, it, they they actually still will advance from the districts to regionals so that's the cross-country update from sure all of you people who wanted to know it just reminds me of fall being outdoors being outside 
And so I'm excited to know that, okay, he's still advanced. He was able to survive with his team. Unfortunately, they didn't actually come away with the trophy for districts, but they get a chance to go to regionals, which then means they can go to states. And I will keep you posted on that. Since that's the, the little update of the Francis household over this past week. And I never thought I'd be a cross-country dad. That is, that's kind of interesting. But here I am talking about cross-country. All right, well, let's get, to the, let's get to the details of the episode and of the show today because we've had plenty of submissions and have been just thinking, when is the best time to tackle some of these questions? And I really believe that the, the real estate market um, brings more questions than answers right now. And we did get a chance to cover some of the facts and some of the stats of the market a couple weeks ago with our other episode where we touched on you know where we were with sales last year and where we were with sales this year. And I think that's probably what's bringing on some of the questions. But really, when it comes down to real estate, the, the, the same old thing happens. You know, There's going to be cycles. There's going to be seasons where the market is hotter than others. And in this season right now, um, you know, it's going to stay pretty consistent, I think, through the winter. So question number one, and I'm going to break these down into three different categories. One is just a, a, a generic, just overall, overall real estate questions. And then we'll talk about questions that are related to sellers. And then we'll talk about questions related to buyers. And as we're filtering through these questions, that's what came up. First one is, will there be a bubble burst? And of all the research that I've been um, looking at online, talking to specialists around the area, talking to lenders, talking to financial experts, they're really saying that there is not necessarily going to be a bubble burst. So to answer that question is we don't see the real estate market slowing down in the foreseeable future. Interest rates continue to be down. Sales inventory of houses is still slim, and there's more buyers around our area than there are sellers. And that really boils down to a couple different things. I think the Winchester area is such a great location. So as we merge this kind this concept of why is Winchester a great place as we talk each episode, that really stems from that the truth is people are migrating out here. Big cities are realizing because of COVID you can come out to the country if you call this the country and 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 settle down for a fraction of the cost for greater houses. And, uh, and so there's a higher demand of buyers. So there's not going to necessarily be a bubble burst for a few different reasons. The other reason is that I think the bubble burst that happened uh, 12 years ago or so was really a financial crash where too many banks were giving out loans to people that did not need it. They didn't qualify. And after doing that for two, three, four years at a high pace, um, those people could not make their payments. They had to short sale their house. They had to get foreclosed on and there is a, a just a huge drop and a dip. That is not happening right now, so that's where I feel pretty content that um, through this winter time, there will be a little bit of a lull just because of the, the season and the cold temperatures, but then I would expect to pick back up. So that's, that's your short answer of will there be a bubble burst. Second big question, just the overall real estate um, questions here, um, where, where should I live in the Winchester area if I am new to town? Wow, okay, that's a, that's a big question and it really depends on what you want because we have city life, we have country life. Um, we have areas that if you're living on the eastern part of town, you're gonna be closer to DC. If you're living on the western part of town, you're gonna be closer to mountains and farmland is further south. Um, and so you have a whole mix. You have the downtown city areas where if you want 
older houses that you can renovate and and have some charm and character you can have farmhouses so i really f think that that question is is a broad one um but it really i think there's a home that suits really any buyer and it's just a matter of what you want personally for me i like to live close to town so that leads me to my third question that was submitted and where is going to be the best investment potential that's a great question that's probably a easy way to merge these two questions together the biggest investment potential in my world is when I explain to buyers, you want to have a location of a home that is going to have the biggest buyer pool of people. And when I say that, you think about, okay, how many people are going to want to live in, in the mountain areas on 10 acres with a little bit of privacy, but you're a half hour out of town. There might be a certain amount of people that do that versus how many people want to live about 10 minutes away from town versus how many people want to live in downtown in a good driving area and have a house. So there's different segments of people. People want city life, people want country life. I'm, I'm an advocate when it comes to investments to find a house that a majority of people would want to buy. The more unique a home is, the smaller your buyer pool is. The more, uh, kind of cohesive your house is in a neighborhood setting that's going to be attractive to multiple kinds of people, whether it be young families or older couples or families with kids or just a single person. If you have a greater buyer pool, you have a better investment potential. So from that standpoint, my bang for my buck is the city of Winchester. I, I live there, I'm biased, but I really feel that the, the amenities of what the city offers along with the school systems, along with the, the downtown locations and the growth that's happening, you will always have uh, solid investment by living in the city because of that. So that's that to me is a pretty solid answer. The next level is find yourself a house in the county that has a solid neighborhood that has uh, potential for growing your own home, whether it be an unfinished basement whether it be potential, maybe you can finish off an attic space where you can add square footage to your house is always great room for potential investment areas. Homes that are already improved that um, you know people or companies or even people like me that renovate houses we'd love to sell that are fully renovated and done, um, that's great for those kind of buyers, but as an investment, you're not gonna get a lot of long legs of equity out of a house that is fully topped out um, with renovations. So just, just food for thought when it comes to investments. Those are great questions. Let's move on to the category of sellers. If you were selling your home, what are some of the top questions that we've had submitted to us? The first one is, what do I do to prepare my home for sale? And that's a great question, especially in this market today. There's going to be uh, a whole host of buyers, at least you would hope. And, and I really feel like, as I said earlier, that is going to stay the same for a while. So because of that, you have an advantage as a seller. You have a leg up and the buyers who are coming to you um, are gonna be looking to uh, maybe pay over what you're asking if you have a good price. They're willing to potentially waive a home inspection, which we'll get to that um, when we come to the buyer's segment here in a bit. But because of that, my suggestion of things to do to prepare your home is not spend money. And I think I've said this a few, a few times in our episodes in the past as well. But when it comes to preparing your home in this market today, 
don't spend money because you don't know if you're going to get a return out of that investment. Um, what's best is to do things where it, it cl you can clean the house, it limits expenses by starting to declutter, starting to freshen up the landscape, just clear out some leaves, make the mulch look better than it does right now. Maybe there's going to be a, a room that becomes your storage unit. Maybe it's part of your basement. Start moving things away. Do what you can to stage your home with your own furniture and get it to look good and list it right at the right price. And that's what you need to do to prepare your home. I'm not a huge fan of telling people to spend thousands of dollars because it's better off to go ahead and just price your home right. You'll get the buyers when you do. So that's the biggest thing. How do you prepare your home? before you sell it. Another interesting question, and I find this fascinating because I'm in the industry so I don't think about it. The question that came through was, are real estate commissions negotiable? Wow. Well, that is something that um, as a realtor, I, I would say, yes, they are. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of um, companies out there, not necessarily agents, but companies that are trying to diminish what a real estate agent does. And by that, I mean, they are um, devaluing the service role of realtors by setting and saying, we will sell your house for much less commission. That is a limited service agent as opposed to a full service agent. When you deal with limited service agencies, they are barely going to give you service beyond just getting your pictures um, put up on an MLS system and when they go put when they get put up on the MLS system they leave it to you to, to do the rest so you're not going to get a, a good service out of that kind of corporation you just are getting it out there so people can see it small marketing and then you're doing the rest if that's what you want there is a potential where you can get uh, real estate commissions for far less my advice to you though if you're looking to sell your house on your own is a how many times have you done that before? <laughs> B, are you prepared to deal with issues when they come up with the buyers? No real estate transaction is the same. There's always potential for issues and, and confusion and drama right in the near end. You want to put your hands in someone that you can trust to walk you through those transactions who have who's done it for a very, very long time. So from that standpoint, Real estate commissions are negotiable, but I will say I, I generally do not negotiate my commissions because I know what I'm worth and I will share with you what I will charge and I will explain to you why that's the case. We also, as sellers, are you're the ones that are going to be doling out a certain portion of that commission to buyer's agents. I still recommend doing that because in the same light, you want real estate agents who know what they're doing and you want to attract people who are representing good, solid, qualified buyers. If you don't have that um, mediation of agents helping you out, you're setting yourself up for much more drama, much more difficulties down the road. So yes, real estate commissions are negotiable. However, tread lightly. Last question about sellers, and again, there's there's several others, but I just want to highlight the key ones that I really think are are important. And this is interesting because again, it's about money. 
it merges the idea of sellers and buyers. And that is, what are my closing costs? And I'm going to merge that question for both sellers and buyers. Closing costs are something that you don't always think about. But when you're talking to an agent or if you're talking to a lender, you should consider, okay, what are all of my costs? So for example, if you have uh, a loan value of your house of $200,000 and you want to try to sell your house for $400,000, you might think, I'm going to get $200,000 out of this sale. You have to think through all the different fees and costs that go involved. And, and there's multiple people that end up getting paid and where that money goes to all for good things. So let me walk you through the seller's costs and the buyer's costs right now, because um, from that standpoint, I'm not a lender, but I can walk you through what I typically see. On the seller side, you're gonna be paying less costs. There's gonna be a little bit of uh, transfer fees, taxes you know, that are either prorated that you're gonna be paying in front or you'll be getting some money back for. There's gonna also be the real estate commissions. That's your biggest ticket. So you know, let's just say that there's 6% that you end up paying. So take that off the top. If you're selling the house for $400,000, your real estate commissions are going to be, you know, in the $20,000 range plus, and then the other commissions, uh, the other costs are going to go on top of that. I would just flat out say it's probably safe to say that you're going to be spending about $26,000, $27,000. So you, you look at your proceeds, and that's what your takeaway is. I'm going to merge the thought of what are the buyer's closing costs into this conversation because there are many buyers out there who have their own closing costs that they don't necessarily want to pay. They want to roll them into their loan. And by that, I mean they will ask the seller to pay their closing costs. So on the buyer's side, you don't have the commissions to pay. Your majority of your fees are going to be lender fees, financing fees, especially if you're getting a loan. So when you're getting that loan, you can expect about three to 4%, maybe even a little bit more of the price of the house are gonna be the fees that are incurred of getting the loan. And then you still have the other things. You, you're gonna have your lawyer fees to, to go to closing. You're gonna have transfer fees, taxes. For a buyer, you're gonna have title insurance, which that's something we can talk about on a different day when we have a lawyer on our episode. But the title insurance is gonna be you know another few hundred dollars. All in all, the buyer is going to have very similar number, um, roughly that up to $20,000 potential of closing costs. So when a buyer wants to keep some of, the, of their cash on hand, they will ask the seller to pay for their closing costs. And that is going to impact the seller's bottom line, which then inflates the price of the house. So if you ask the seller to pay for closing costs, they're instantly thinking, I want to sell my house for 400000 I've got my own $26,000, worth of costs that I have, and now you're asking me to pay closing costs of up to, let's say, 15000 pick a number. Wow. Okay, so the sell Mr. or Ms. Seller are going to say, well, then the sales price of the house now has to be closer to $415,000 in order for me to get what I think I want out of the house that inflates the price of the house. We've had an appraiser on the show before where we've we've heard what that does from an appraiser standpoint. They're going to evaluate it, and if the house is worth it, then you get that. So closing costs are important to think through on both the seller side and the buyer side. 
Great questions, guys. Great questions. Let's move on to buyers because when you're looking at buyers, the, there's multiple factors that come into play and questions that come up. <laughs> one of the, this is funny. I mean, one of the biggest questions that I wouldn't think of is, you know, how long is it going to take for me to, to end up getting to closing? Well, it's a great question. And whenever I start out conversation with buyers, I ask them, you know, what's your, what are your goals? Well, you know, here we are the end of October and, uh, you know, let's just say somebody wants to be in a house by the end of the year. That's a great goal. Well, we have two months before the end of the year, essentially. You think about, it's going to take about 30 to 40 days minimum to get to closing once you're under contract. So let's work backwards. Let's say we want to close on the last week of December. 30 to 40 days below before that is before Thanksgiving. Probably that third week of November is when you'd want to be under contract. So as a buyer, you come to us right now and you say, I'm, you know, I want to be in a home. Let's start shopping. Okay, shopping, it takes a little bit of while to, to do the research. There might be times where you make an offer and you lose out on offers because there's multiple offers out there. That is still happening today. So it's important to think through the timing altogether. I think it's very valid to say, yes, if I had a buyer right now, I can get you into a house by the end of the year. But it's, it's important to think through the steps of, okay, we got to go shopping. We have to make sure that we find the right house, get under contract, and then 30 to 45 days after that. Make sense? Pretty simple. You have the home inspection once you're under contract. You have the home inspection, the appraisal, the title search, finalizing the mortgage details, getting all the lawyer's office closing documents. So there's a significant amount of work that goes into those 30 to 40 days when you're under contract. Another question is is an interesting one where um <laughs> it's it's still related to costs and that is um how can i save money when buying a home that's an interesting question it's a very interesting question well when you're looking to save money i mean the first thing is to to think about the negotiations of when you want to buy a house well in this market today saving money is not going to be the forefront of your mind right now when you're buying houses how can i get a house under contract in today's market um, unfortunately buyers if who are looking for deals are not winning the bids so that question is a skewed question of how can i save money well there's a couple things find the best house in the right time when you need it negotiate as best as you can to win that house and then make sure that you have a lender who's taking good care of you, who's getting the best rate, who is minimizing your closing costs. And then another option again, is we can ask the seller to pay for your closing costs in, in negotiations and you can roll that into your loan. So the prior answers of, of, of all the costs involved are helping answer that same question about money. So, the thought process, I would almost spin that question and turn it on its head and don't think about how can I save money? The bigger question right now is how can I land the right house for me and my family? That is the bigger question, not necessarily saving the money because we're going to have to encourage you to spend a little bit more money than you think that the house might even be worth in order to win the house. And I recently have just, uh, 
gone through both ends of the spectrum. So quick little story, two stories. I was shopping with clients for a good seven or eight months until we finally landed a house. We've made multiple offers throughout the course of the spring and summer. We did not land the house. We finally found what my clients said was their dream house. I said, great, I'm so excited that we finally have gone through this whole process to not win houses that might not have been your dream house to now you really know this is the one. We had to have the heart-to-heart conversation and say, you're going to have to spend money to get this house. You're going to have to go above asking price. We put in what's called an escalation addendum, and, and then we also removed some contingencies, and we put forth a letter that described you know, the family dynamic and how they love the house, and it's their dream house, and winning out over eight other offers was where we landed and won the house. That's story number one. Story number two is I'm working with some clients who we've been shopping for about two months now. They want to get into a house by early December. So very similar to that other story, the hypothetical of let me get into a house before the end of the year. We have uh, been shopping for about a month now and it's a first time home buyer range house. um, So it's very competitive and we have been putting in offers that are over asking price and have not been winning the bids. So in today's market, the thought process of how can I save money is um, let's spin it on its head and say, how can I win the house? Because ultimately you still need to find a house to buy and you got to get it in the timing that you need and you've got to get the right house that you want with the, the, all the check the boxes that you think you want, maybe compromise a bit and find the house that best suits your needs, negotiate as best as you can, win that, win that deal and your interest rates are going to be amazing right now so you're saving money already by having that Um, limit the down payment i would suggest that i would also suggest asking the seller to pay your closing costs minimize your expenses and that's the really the right way of how you can save money good question though but you know really interesting last and final question on the buyer side um is going to be something a little bit off the subject of money, but it's about title insurance. The question on the table is, well, what is title insurance? I hear about it. I don't know what it is. That's the question. Well, I'm not an expert on that, and I'm looking forward to having um, one of our attorneys on the show in a couple of weeks, and they will better unpack that question. In a nutshell, title insurance is, as a buyer, guaranteeing that if there is a previous owner of the house, maybe 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a, a nephew who thinks he stakes has a stake in the claim of owning the house that you're about ready to purchase. Title insurance protects you. It protects the chain of title to make sure that if somebody thinks they have a claim in the house, that you still retain ownership of that house. That's essentially what it is in a nutshell. It is optional um, from uh, from a buyer's perspective. Loans and lenders, they will require lender's title insurance. The owner's title insurance is the optional one. I still would suggest that. As a one-time fee, you should do that. But look forward to our episodes down the road where we have our attorneys on who we partner with, and they will answer that question in more detail. 
Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Good questions. I love just getting nuts and bolts of that. I hope this is inspiring and encouraging to all of you buyers and sellers out there. I know as buyers, it might seem a little discouraging, but the good news is that I really feel like that if you're buying in today's market, you're not buying at the height of the market. There's not a bubble burst. You're going to do the best you can in the time right now that you need to buy the house. Move on. You've got great payments, uh, great interest rates right now. So the market is bright for both buyers and sellers alike. Well, that's great. I'm excited to be able to share all these details with you. I'm, I'm, you're probably trying to say stump the host, but I really wish Nikki was here with me because we could banter on more about this. But this episode, I was really looking forward to to be able to just get with these question and answers with you guys. Let me we'll just move real quick before we wrap the show up to the local happenings coming up. So in Winchester, I mean, well, not just in Winchester, but what's happening on Sunday? It is Halloween, guys. And so the, the couple of events that I wanted to point you guys to, obviously Halloween, I mean, there's ghost tours in Winchester. Did you guys know that? They're, so get the city site. Winchester City provides ghost tours. That would be the first thing I would say, say to go to. The second thing is out at Bear Chase Brewery. We haven't talked about that. Bear Chase Brewery on Halloween is having a Halloween Pet Festival. I'll say that again. Halloween Pet Festival. And that is happening on Sunday, the 31st from 11 to 2. Bring your dog. Bring your, well, it doesn't even have to be, you know, uh, a pet. I mean, they're saying that you can bring any four-legged friend. So maybe it's a cat. But They've got a picture of the dog on their website. In your in your dog's best Halloween outfit, and there will be awards, there will be beers, there will be pumpkin patches that are happening out there. Bear Chase Brewery is out there in Bluemont on top of the mountain. It's a great area to just hang out, have a drink, and uh, have some good views. So hopefully there's good weather. Bring your dog, pet friendly. That's out there this coming Sunday. And then I also wanted to point your attention to Shenandoah University. They have a um, gothic opera that is happening this weekend. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go. There's, there's tickets available. You have a Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon matinee show. Really interesting. It's in what's their um, uh, location called uh, the Black Box is where it's called. And uh, you can just enjoy their opera I think it has to do with Queen of the Vampires. There's a um, unique Hallow's Eve party that goes on in that show. Um, it includes just different features from other areas of Macbeth and Hansel and Gretel. I'm just reading what it's saying right here. It'll be an interesting show, but that's just a fun night to get away. And by the way, my other son um, is at Shenandoah. I don't think he's directly involved with this show. He's preparing for something coming up that we'll probably talk about the show, uh, the play, Hair. So that is the happenings here in Winchester, Virginia. I hope I did it justice, Nikki. And you always want to get all the details. Go to our Facebook site. Tell us what you want to talk about. I really appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts with us today and getting those questions out there. You know, we're talking real estate, but we also want to talk community. So thanks so much for joining us. We really hope that you learned something. I hope that it was educational. That's one of the purposes of these shows. We really look forward to sharing more with you next week. We've got a great um, great lineup. Hopefully Nikki gets better. We'll be able to do this together and have a guest on with us. I'm excited about who she is. We're going to learn a, bit, a little bit about the medical systems here in town and something that's unique. So a little tidbit about that. 
Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. We really appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. And if you have a moment, we'd love to have you leave us a review and rate us. And if you enjoyed listening, take a moment to subscribe or share this podcast with your friends. So until next time, think iconic.